1st of July 2020 was quite possibly the worst day in my time supporting Wigan Athletic. Plunged into administration and the coming 10 months has been nothing but anguish. Finally, to come out of administration, I can't begin to speak about the relief that I feel. That is the most overriding emotion that I've got, one of relief. And to see all the efforts that people put in over that time, the supporters club, our MP, former CEO Jonathan Jackson, all the people who did the fundraising, the supporters rallying together has been absolutely out of this world. We've had a little bit of support from certain sections of the press as well, who've been very good to us. It just feels a mighty weight has been lifted. And now, as we enter this new era, we can begin to move forward. And I hope as a fan base, that unity and that strength with Sean over the past 10 months, we can continue to do that and support this fantastic club as we move forward, whatever happens this season, and get behind the lads on the pitch, because that's what we want, and cheer them on to be successful next season in whatever division we might find ourselves in. And thank you very much to our new owners, Phoenix 2021. Thank you very much. Echo what you've said, relief. I echo everything you said, but also quite excited as well for the, you know, for the future. You know, for me, the, the, the things that are being said already are positive. Um, and whatever the, where the adventure starts, I guess, is the, uh, is, is the big question, because is it going to be in League Two? Is it going to be in League One? But to be honest, at the moment, I, 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 don't, I don't care too much. We've still got our club. Uh, and I'll be looking forward to getting back into that ground and, and supporting them. And let's let's hope that the first game back, whatever division we're in, is a is a as near to a full house as we can possibly get, because we know there are people there who who have, who have donated and, and helped through this period of time. And it, how good would it be, you know, if um, whatever Wigan Athletic against Sutton United, full house on, on that first day of the season. Yeah, I echo all the sentiments as well um, from you guys. And it is great to be back doing another podcast after such wonderful news. And we have two special guests who have probably lived and breathed all of the last 10 months. We've got Caroline Molyneux, who's been on before from the uh, Supporters Club. Caroline, how are you today? Hi, good evening. Yep, feeling uh, happy with yesterday, last night. Obviously a bit frustrated about the result this evening. Yeah, we'll come on to that. We'll leave that bit to the end. We'll, we'll end on the down note. And um, we've also got Tom Flower from the Wigan Athletic Community Trust. Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, thanks very much for inviting me on. Not a problem, not a problem. Well, firstly and foremostly, we're going to start with yourself, Tom. I'm going to hand over to Barry, who's going to do some quizzing um, over the, uh, the Community Trust. So, Barry, without further ado, over to you. Hi, Tom. Hi, Barry. Uh, we've worked together in the past, haven't we? On diff- mainly one thing, but <laughs> um, I think you were one of one, Barry. I think you were one of our first participants on our men's health program about ten years ago. One of the first uh, projects we sort of set up when I joined the trust. So yeah, you've been a great support to us. It's something that I champion the the community trust. I think you do a, a brilliant job with all the different projects. Uh, that you do around the borough, not just in Wigan, but you're working in in different parts. What I would like you, you know, to tell us a little about is this past year with the pandemic. What sort of challenges have you had to overcome? And I know you've been very, quite innovative. 
in some of the stuff you've been doing and and what what have you learned things that you can carry forward oh no problem i'll just give a bit of background on on the work of uh, Wigan Athletic Community Trust um our vision is to work with Wigan Athletic to improve health enhance life chances and create stronger safer communities um what does that mean in reality it means we run 30 different projects um based around schools training sk- training and skills and community development uh, and we now employ over 50 staff made up of sports coaches, teachers um, and youth workers. Um, and pre-COVID, pre, pre-lockdown, we'd normally work with around uh, 14,000 people a year um, on face-to-face delivery, uh, which is what our real strength is, is to use the brand of the football club to engage with children, young people and adults right across the borough. Um, and all that sort of stopped just over just over 12 months ago um, when COVID arrived and uh, the government obviously introduced uh, lockdown measures um, so it's been quite 12 quite 12 months for us uh, as a charity um, I would say it's probably been uh, as much as, as rewarding as it has been as a challenge um, after when when COVID when lockdown was first announced um, we were I was be honest I was I was panicking you know what what do we do um, schools were closing uh, leisure centres were shut we couldn't we couldn't run our normal programmes um, and one of our members of staff, after about two or three days, came to see me uh, and asked, what are we going to do? Now, he didn't mean what we're going to do as an organisation. Um, he meant, what are we going to do to help? Which I thought was just phenomenal and sums up the, the team of staff we have. Um, so we began quite quickly making phone calls to season ticket holders, uh, making sure, checking in with the over 55 season ticket holders, making sure everyone was OK. Uh, we then got in touch with the Wigan Council to see what we could do to support, um, so we began working with working with other charities and um, doing deliveries because we're lucky enough to have minibuses and we had staff not doing anything else, so they were going around delivering food parcels, um, and that was really key to it. Working in partnership with, with the other charities, um, so after about three or four weeks of doing that, it was we had more of a time to assess what what could we do properly in a more sort of strategic way. Um, so we continued contacting older people, uh, making phone calls. Uh, and when we could, we made, uh, we, you know, since then we've made thousands of phone calls, um, made lots of good friends for staff. So we had all the staff doing that, ringing people up. Even on Christmas Day, they were making phone calls. Uh, we began doing garden gate visits. And when we could, because of restrictions, we would do, we'd do health walks. Um, we also had to put a lot of our material activities for children and young people on, online because we were again see them face to face so staff are very quickly um recording themselves at home doing different uh, different activities you saw you might have seen uh, kids at home done by one of our coaches Craig Marn with his two kids who became internet stars very quickly which was great uh, but we also realized that not every child uh, young person in Wigan has access to, to the internet as well so what could we do about those young people so uh, we started delivering sports and education packs to some young people working, in, uh, speaking to primary schools and seeing which young people would benefit from it. Um, and, that, and that continued all last summer. Uh, and then during the school holidays, I was we were involved in a great piece of work with Wigan Council. Um, we'd managed to unfurlough um, half of our staff, the, the staff we had furloughed, we unfurloughed them. So we could, over the summer, provide free sports activities for um, some of the most vulnerable children in the borough, uh, but also made sure they they uh, 
they got something to eat during the during the school holidays, which is something you shouldn't you wouldn't think we'd ever say, uh, and something we all take for granted. But to be involved in a piece of work like that last summer was amazing, uh, and the staff have just been brilliant. So um, I think we'll look back with uh, <laughs> scratching our heads, how's it gone, why has it gone so quickly? But with uh, great pride in everything we've done, um, and with the support we've had, you know, it's it's been. You asked me about what lessons have been learned, and I realise I'm I've, I've talked constantly since you asked me the question, Barry. But um, I think we've learned how important uh, the work we do is, and how much appreciated it is by people uh, across the community, um, supporters. Yes, amazingly, but even people who aren't, believe it or not, we're athletic fans knocking on the door, making a delivery. It's just it's just been it's just been brilliant. Um, if you can say that about a global pandemic, really. 14,000 people a year, that's that's a, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And 50, 50 staff as well. I mean, there's people that, that's 50 jobs. So you're creating jobs for, for Wigan people, you know. And Craig Mann, obviously, he's an ex-player of ours, isn't he? he is, One yeah. of the kids, yeah. And I do believe, did you work with Caroline on some stuff as well? Um, so we um, uh, spoke to the Sporters Club uh, and Caroline at Christmas when we did a, an appeal uh, to raise money for the tackling loneliness work we were doing. So um, we asked supporters if they wanted, um, who'd already done an amazing job raising funds for something slightly arguably more important in the summer, but to go back out to our supporters to make donations to enable us to deliver um, Christmas support packages uh, to vulnerable adults over Christmas was great. Uh, and also, you know, considering what was going on in the football club, the, the, the entire staff got involved, made donations to enable us to give uh, Christmas presents out um, to, to, to children at Wigan Youth Stone just before Christmas. We're now getting <clears throat> restrictions lifted and uh, we, we've started today playing, playing football again. What, what plans have you got for the coming weeks and, and the, next, uh, the next few months as well? I mean, I'll... Our priority for the net foreseeable future will be helping the town and and the community recover um, recover after COVID. Um, over Easter uh, next two weeks, again we're working with Wigan Council to to support those children and young people I talked about earlier, and I'm delighted to say we'll be involved with that throughout the, the next twelve months at least, uh, which will be amazing. Um, and then post Easter holidays, uh, we, we've already we've already been in schools since since January. We've been able to go into schools, but. We'll be restarting as many of our programs as possible, and as safe as safely as we can, though, because we don't want to. We don't want to rush. We've got to keep staff safe. We've got to keep participants safe. So, following government guidelines, we will be uh, welcoming back our sessions, our, our kicks project, which is for uh, twelve to nineteen-year-olds. Uh, normally, has like a thousand young people a year taking football and sport in the evenings. That started again this week, um, but we can only have fifteen young people at a session, as opposed to 35, 40. Um, and we want to get people back out being physical activity. You know, everyone's been locked up at home, so we want to get everyone, as many people as possible, doing sport and being physical, physically active, um, which is hugely important for both physical and, and, and mental health. Um, we're one of the projects we're looking at is um, called Active Through Football. Um, so we're applying to the Football Foundation for hopefully for up to a million pounds, which will enable us to do. Um, specific activity for adults in, in two areas of the borough, uh, Douglas and Lee West. Um, 
over the next five years. So we're, we're carrying out a piece of community engagement at the moment, asking people's views about what activity would they like. Is it walking football? Is it activities for 16 to 24 year olds? Uh, is it five aside? What, what, what do adults want in those areas? And I would encourage anyone who's got a view to, to contact us as well, because getting that feedback is uh, really important. Um, we want to continue supporting uh, socially, socially isolated people. So I mentioned garden walks and uh, we'll be doing lots more of that. Uh, one of our challenges around that is that the funding for the scheme ends in the end of March. So we were funded by the government uh, and the AFL Trust to do that piece of work. So that will probably be the sort of our focus for our fundraising efforts for the next 12 months. Uh, we're looking at putting a team of runners into Wigan, the Wigan 10K in September. So we're looking for, and that's Barry waving his hand, putting his hands up. So we're, we're looking hopefully for a team of about 50 uh, staff, supporters and participants to take, take part in that. And you mentioned earlier around uh, the amount of people we employ. One of the things we've always been very good at and quite proud of is uh, our training and skills programmes for young people. Um, I think there's a real challenge for, for Wigan and the entire country for 16 to 24 year old young people who've had their plan dashed by uh, being in lockdown for such a long period of time. So um, we're, we're currently involved in the government's kickstart scheme. So we're advertising some jobs at the moment. Uh, we've got nine vacant talk to, to the football club and the stadium about how, how we can use the kickstart scheme to help rebuild the club's workforce. Um, so I think we've got a massive part to play as, as something that should be aspirational for, for the whole town, but particularly young people. Uh, I think Having a football club as great as ours should be somewhere where people want to come and work as well as come and want to watch. So I think we'll have a big focus on that over the next two, two, two to three years. Working with youngsters in and around the borough and with the Wigan Athletic badge on, on, on your, you know, on, on your, your gear, it's, it's that presence then of the club and it's attracting especially young people to, to get an association and an affinity with the club, isn't it? And, creating in a way a next generation of supporters yeah you'd like to think you know we we probably deliver PE to in a normal under normal normal circumstances to around 6,000 uh, primary school kids uh, across the entire borough um, and we work with 72 out of 105 primary schools at some point during the year so you'd hope that um, they have a good interaction with one of our coaches they, they know who Wigan Athletic are before they've had a chance to hear of any other any other club nearby so you know, definitely, I think there's a real opportunity. We always say that the, the badge buys you an introduction to someone, um, even if that person's not a Wigan Athletic fan, because sadly there's a few out there. They'll, they'll still want to talk to you. Um, however old the person is, you can guarantee you'll get a reaction. And then the staff need to use that to be able to to, to engage with that resident. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned there about funding from the government and the EFL. Is that where most of your funding comes from, outside sources rather than through the club? Um, so we're, we're a registered charity, so we're financially independent from the football clubs. So obviously the, the club's issues of the last 12 months have been well documented. Um, but, but the reason our work has been able to continue is because we, we, are, we, are, we are financially independent. So um, our income pre-COVID would be about £1.4 million a year. Around £400,000 of that we would get from the Premier League, um, which is a legacy from the Premier League years and also... The fact that we, we you know we deliver high quality programs for them, so they continue to fund us. Um, we then get grants from a range of different people. Wigan Council, they're an amazing supporter of us, and that 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 partnership has just grown and grown, and I'm sure will grow, continue to. 
Um, and then it's other, other grants. So we will, and people can give us funding because they know we will spend, we have to spend it on what we said we're going to do it. So um, people sometimes, you know, would question why they give money to a football club to spend on footballers, but it's not, it's going into youth workers, teachers uh, and helping people. You know, moving forward and talking about funding and, and obviously uh, the club's been taken over now and I had the opportunity to speak to the new CEO, Mal Brannigan, and also I've seen the words that they've written down and it says the community trust is something that they they want to embrace. Is that music to your ears, Tom? I mean, yeah, the last um, the last 24 hours have obviously been fantastic. Um Everyone at the trust is, is and all the everyone at the staff, everyone at the club is feeling greatly relieved. Um, we always say the most important bit about our strategy is, is working with Wigan Athletic. The rest are sort of words. Um, so uh, delighted that we're going to have a, we can continue to have a, a football club to work alongside. The support we've always had um, might not be financial, but the in-kind support we get, whether it's HR advice, safeguarding. Um, that continued right throughout the administration, uh, and I'm looking. I'm you know excited about the new owners, and looking forward to building on on the work that we've done, um, and, and and helping even more people in the name of Wigan Athletic. Right, and just before I finish with you, um, you've won awards, uh, numerous awards, Northwest Club of the Year. Is that two or three times now, or four, or do you win it every uh, year? You could be just get <laughs> it all then. <laughs> we've. Uh, We've been the EFL uh, Northwest Community Club of the Year three out of the last, last four years. Um, we've never actually won the national one, and we never found out last year because COVID put put an end to them do the national one. So, and that, and that's great, and that's recognition um, of the work that the, the staff do, uh, the support of the football club, and uh, shows I think what a special what a special football club Wigan Athletic is. Um, yeah. You asked me one of the things I've learned. I've been at the club for ten years. I would like to say it's been it's been an interesting ten years, but the last twelve months just learned so much how important uh, Wigan Athletic is, is, is to the town. Well, my last question for you is: I'm very proud of the Community Trust because, like I say, I've worked with you and I know exactly what you do, and I've seen you know with the kicks and the veterans and and the dementia clubs and all the rest of it. What is your proudest moment since you've been there? Beating Man City with Ben, ben Watson goal, is that I'm allowed to say that? <laughs> well, of course you can say that. And aren't you, <laughs> that's coming from a City fan as well. I I'm, I'm, that. No, I'm, I'm not a Man City fan, no, but uh, far from it. But I may have worked there for nine years uh, previously, so obviously I've enjoyed I've enjoyed our FA Cup runs, runs with our former, my former employees. Um, my proudest moment are oh, so many. Um, I'm proud of the staff that have worked work for us, um, people who've gone on to be heads of community at different football clubs, senior positions at the EFL. I, I think that I think that's amazing. Uh, the same way that Gregor takes pride in the in the players that they develop at the academy. I, I take great pride in the people. Um, so I, I, yeah, lots, lots really. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've got funny ones, you know, like being at a box at Wembley for the FA Cup semi-final that the Premier League had invited us to. You know, what, what, what were Wigan Athletic doing there? Who knows? But we managed to get there. That was amazing. Um, from a community point of view, seeing so many people run the 10K you know, and for us is amazing. Um, yeah, lots, Barry. Lots. Careful, you make me cry if you're not careful, uh, which I know that's not, not your intention. And I knew you'd ask me that. So it's not about winning the awards. That's great. That's recognition. But it's about it's about seeing people you people you help. And there's lots of catch stories like that. Um, 
Tom, I can't thank you enough for joining us this evening. Uh, you've got a big smile on your face. I know you love your job. I do because, I, I, like I say, I've worked on, on stuff with you. We're lucky to have you. That's all I'll say here. You know, I'm not mentioning the staff's names, but they all think highly of you, and you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and they do, and the, and the brilliant staff as well, and they're a, a representation of yourself. So, thank you so much, Tom, for everything you've done for us. Well, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, come back um, and talk to you again. Okay, lovely that, Tom. Thank you. Right then, I think it's time for us to address the uh, the big news that broke Tuesday at twenty twenty one. And that was the takeover was completed of Wigan Athletic. Caroline, I'm going to come straight to you because um, obviously we, we've had you on from day one, really. I haven't really spoken to you from day one when we went into administration right the way through. Obviously, we knew this was happening. There was information released last week, wasn't there, that the things were in the offing. How glad are you um, as a sports club that things have gone through and, and were do the supporters club go from here with regards to the new owners? Um, yeah. So uh, obviously last night was another, we had sort of breaking news. I think the week before last night was another momentous evening, lots of glasses of champagne and, and cider and bit cans of beer on Twitter last night uh, amongst Wigan fans. I don't know what your tipple was, Simon. I had a couple of cans last night to celebrate. It was it was much needed after the last ten months. Yeah, so um, it yeah it was more of relief and, and just that it was done because uh, with everything I said I think I said last time um, that until it was signed, sealed, and delivered, we we sort of didn't want to uh, you know tempt fate. But um, but it's definitely done. We've seen the video from Mr. Al Jasmi and and obviously Talal as well. A couple of videos from him. Um, so it, it's positive, you know. We we throughout all of this, we wanted to somebody to come in um, who had the wherewithal, the money, the plans to take our club forward. You know, the supportive solution was always only ever a plan B, just in case we were losing our football club. So. For us, this is exactly what we wanted. And the team that have come in, um, I think I was talking with Barry yesterday that, you know, and with Mal that um, they're a professional team. You know, they have plans, they have strategies, they've got experience. So Mal, for example, has been at numerous football clubs and worked on community projects, worked with fans, worked on commercial the commercial side of football uh, and been and been successful. So I think they've got a good mix of experience and also enthusiasm. I mean, you've only got to look at Talal's Twitter to see that, um, you know, despite coming from the other side of the world, he definitely has some passion for the blue and white, uh, uh, you know, shirts. And I think there was a cake on there last night. Uh, so, uh you know, it, it's 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 really positive. And in terms of the supporters club going forward, um, I think I was saying before we started that we've we've really got to learn from this experience. You know, we've we've been this official supporters club for since Springfield Park forty years, and um, we've learned so much that we've just not got to let that go. And and we want to become, you know, more of a voice, more representative of the fan base of Wigan. We want people to get involved if they want to get involved. 
I mean, I suppose I, I would say I'm ashamed to say that whilst I'm aware of what goes on at the Community Trust, you know, I recently found out more from working with Tom about what they do. And um, it, it's amazing. You know, I'm a teacher and I just didn't know the sort of alternative provision that they do for the young people of Wigan. And it's absolutely vital that that happens because, like I said, working in education, it's one of the few things that are, is out there for our young people at the moment. So why would we not develop that? Why would we not do more of that? Um, and so as a supporters club, our voice should be that the community trust grows with the football club. And that's hopefully uh, one of the things that we'll be able to do in the future for the community trust and for the town itself. Um, and I can see some, Tom smiling there, but that that's from the heart, you know, that's what I think we should be doing. But also, you know, um, we want more people involved. We've, we've heard people say, oh, you know, um, it's only a committee of a few. Well, you know, sign up. We've asked for people to send in the CVs, letters if they want to be involved. Get yourself involved because, you know, the more people that get involved, the more the workload is spread. If you go to away games, if you've got ideas, if you uh, want to put Wigan Athletic on the map of national football. So we've had one person volunteer uh, who says they want to, you know, get involved in the National Football Supporters Association for Wigan. Then, then get involved. You know, that's all we would say to people. Um, there's no closed shop. We just want people to to volunteer and make our organisation better. And the the meetings we've had with Mal and the communication that I've had with Talal now um, all says that, uh, you know, they want that to happen. They want the fans' voice. Uh, they're going to continue, aren't they, Barry? Mal said with the fans' advisory board. Um, I know they want to take that again to the next level and, you know, make it so that, uh, fans can bring agenda items forward that they want to discuss. Um, and that will be representative of all different, uh, you know, a variety of different fans, including the PWU, the Mud Hutter, you know, anybody who wants to get involved will be invited onto that um, <clears throat> FAB or whatever guys it is. But, but anything that's positive and anything that is um fan-based, community-based, why would the new owners not embrace it? Because they're going to have a lot of rebuilding to do. You know, this is not going to be an overnight fix. You know, they're going to need the fans. They're going to need the people who know the football club to make it happen. Uh, so we should all be involved together, is my is my mantra. No, absolutely. And I think everyone's come together, haven't they, so much over uh, this, this last uh, period of time that it's it's important to continue that bond people speaking to each other who wouldn't necessarily spoken to each other You're, we've got a group of people here now from different organizations it's great and it's it's reassuring to know that that's what the new owners want to keep as well to keep building on on what's there um before i open up to to the rest of the guys uh, i know you've obviously you you, you uh, the sports club have been through a long process um and we did some great fundraising and what have you um, do you want to give the listeners an update as to what's going to be happening? Because also with the, there was money reserve, wasn't there, for the supporters club option. If people haven't seen your uh, press releases, do you just want to give them an update as to what's going on there? 
Yeah, so um, one of the things uh, that we said was that there are two crowdfunders. So the first crowdfunder obviously went to the administrators to, well, uh, to, to finish sit fixtures, and that was used for that. And we have a formal uh, writing, formal, we have it in writing that that will come back to us once all the financial things are, t- are tied up with the, uh, with the transfer of ownership. So that money will come back to us. And we are planning to use that for uh, good causes that link to the fans, that link to the community. We'll be consulting fans on how to use that money. Now, the second crowdfunder, of course, was for um, for the supporters' solution. And so that money will be refunded. And we're currently working with crowdfunder uh, to make... Uh, make plans for that to be refunded now i will say that we've had quite a lot of people coming in to twitter and facebook sending us messages saying what if we want to redonate to the good causes well again we're working with this this is one of the reasons why it might take a week or so to sort out the refunds we're working with crowdfunder to make that an option if they want to do that and what that would mean would be that you'd be able to donate a pound if you wanted to we're not asking for your money uh, it's just that people have asked for that option so that's something we're looking at so that if you wanted to put your money to the uh the, the good causes and they'll all be linked to the club the community the fans the football um and they'll you know like i said we'll consult fans on on what we would use that for um you'll have you know we're trying to make it so you get that option to read on it. I mean, we've got, we, obviously we've got footballers like Reese James, Victor Moses, who have donated. They might want to redonate their money to the football club. Um, so, so that's uh, something that we are looking at before we sort of do the process. So we'll keep fans updated in the next week or so. Uh, and uh, it will be, it will, it, you know, we, we will keep announcing where we're up to with that process. Caroline, just a, a quick question around uh, practicalities. And, and if someone's changed the bank account, for example, or some banks have changed uh, the card from Visa to MasterCard, how would they go on with the rebates? We are in uh, contact every couple of days with Murray from Crowdfunder um, because that's the sort of logistical thing that we need to iron out before we press the refund button. Otherwise, we're going to get those difficulties after. So they're all solvable. Um, but we that's the sort of thing we're ironing out now. Um, what what we're planning on doing is sort of next week putting out those FAQs for fans so that if they need to, for example, register a new card before the refund takes place, we'll tell them how to do that sort of thing. And there might be other queries like that that we can answer before we press the refund button. Thanks for that. Last one from me, Caroline, before I, um, I <laughs> hand over to, to the rest of the guys. Obviously, this season we've seen the uh, Supporters Club logo um, emblazoned on the front of the the shirts. Um, what's how's that been received by the the new owners? And I've, I presume that's something they're going to uh, have to address. But the sense of pride that must be there for you for this season to know that the, the full season we played with the Supporters Club on the on the front of that, with you leading the way there. I know. Do you know this is terrible? But I there was a shortage of them at the start. I don't have one myself which I need to get hold of one before they all disappear with the shirt on because we, we got one for Spike, if you remember. So we arranged one for Spike. Uh, we also got one for Pam, Spike's wife. 
Um, and then the, they ran out of them at the start. So I, I keep saying to myself, I need to get hold of one. Um, the, I have photographs of it. I have the first program uh, when it, when we had the shirt. I mean, it is, when you think about that, it is incredible. Not many football clubs have had their own supporters club on the front of the shirt for an entire season. So it, it is immensely, um, I, we're immensely proud of, of that and always will be. Um, one of the things that we are going to commission, and I was talking to Barry about this, is we, we're going to commission almost like a scrapbook of the last uh, 12 months. So we're going to ask people to put forward things for their book, for the, for, for the book. It's going to be the last 12 months and, uh, you know, stories or photographs or clippings. Uh, and it's going to be something of considerable size and value that we will then put into the trophy cabinet. And we've spoken to the new owners and that's something that they are happy uh, to for us to present to them. Um, as fans from the last 12 months so we're going to we're going to set that in motion almost immediately uh, ask for people to contribute and um, and that will commemorate not just the negatives because it's not just been negatives like you said earlier there's been so many things that have come out of this that will be positive for the future so things like that you know we'll always remember when we played in our our logo shirts for a season it is it is fantastic um, I have to say, and I'm sure Barry will corroborate this story. I did ask Mal yesterday, didn't I, Barry? You did. Could we have some shirts that the players have played in at the end of the season? So the shirts that the players have played in with our logo on, you know, we want to yeah. be able to keep those for posterity for the fans and for the future. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that that will be a possibility. He said Wait. yes, didn't he? He did say yes. He did, he did say yes, some of them. Some of them. <laughs> He's probably got his eye on a couple, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any Wigan fans who can say they don't know, that they didn't know that there's a supporters club now, um, because if they if they do say that, they must have been living under a rock. Um, I know it's always decent numbers in a supporters club. I think it's going to be um, queuing to get in come the new season. <laughs> The amount of people that's uh, that signed up, so uh, I'd recommend that if you if you are interested in going in to get signed up, get your your CVs through to the the committee. Good group of guys on the committee as well, so get yourselves through. Paul, I'm going to come to you because you've been sat in silence for the whole evening. Um, so yeah, over to you, Paul. Where do we go? I mean, I mean, I think we we just got to say thank you to everybody and and express the relief. It's been sad, hasn't it? But yeah. That was short and sweet, Adam. Yeah, well, obviously, yes. Yesterday was a was a great day in our history, a historical day, and and I think this is a historical day because I've never gone forty five minutes ever on a podcast without saying something. So I think I've done <laughs> done quite well there. Uh, just uh, I'm only going to ask one one question because I'm sure Caroline's getting all questioned out <laughs> over the last few uh, over the last few uh, weeks. Uh, it's just really about kind of working together with the club. Obviously, they've got uh, they've got people in the good marketing teams, um, but obviously, even before the pandemic, uh, in the championship days, we were losing fans. Um, and obviously, what I said at the start today, surely this means that you know we shouldn't take our club for granted. But over the summer, how do we how do we hammer home that message? 
from the supporters club's perspective, are, are you going to be working with the club to try and get some of the fans back who were kind of around in the, you know, the Premier League era when we were getting, you know, those big, those big home followings at, at games, because, you know, as I said before, there'd be nothing better than, you know, getting really big crowds every week and getting the atmosphere going under the new ownership. I think it's a difficult one because you've got, we were only talking about this yesterday. I mean, you have got to ask yourself why those crowds were big in those days. And part of it was down to the Premier League and the way the team were playing and who we were playing. Um, so it's all, to me, it's a matter of um, who, do, who do we want to come through those turnstiles? And the first focus for me should be the young people of the town. You know, and um, I think it was Tom that was saying yesterday that anecdotally we see a lot more Wigan shirts around the town over the last few years. Um, but that's something that that we can never stop doing. You know, we can never stop uh, hammering home to young people that they should be supporting their local team because that's what I did when I was a kid and that's what you did when you were a kid. And that, that's what the drive's got to be. And I, and. Um, I know the new ownership have already mentioned a couple of initiatives that they've tried before that have worked, that they, they're looking to bring to Wigan to bring the young people in. Um, I think focus on the young people of the town, the academy and the community generally, you know, is something that will end up with increased uh, numbers through the turnstiles. But I also think that we need to try to take advantage of post-COVID because People have not been out, you know, for months. We need to make going to football a, a big social ex- experience again. And, you know, if we can take advantage of that and say, get down to that stadium, come and watch the lads, meet people, uh, you know, get back what you didn't have before, then we, 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 we'll see a big surge, hopefully, in, in people wanting to come and watch football. So it's taking advantage of all of those things, really. Yeah, and it is it is doable, you know, because even even if we are in League Two, you know, you do see examples like Bradford, um, who you know they they get huge crowds uh, everywhere. I know I know it's partly a pricing thing, and I know that's always a sensitive and quite a difficult issue because I remember at the fans board we've always talked about pricing, and just knocking the prices down really get more people through the door. Well, obviously there's <laughs> there's people who are obviously trying to work that out, and whether that's the case, but. I think there is certainly room to do it, in my view, and all the things that you've said, particularly with young people, you know, giving them incentives, making it a really good sort of match day experience for them, really, and hopefully they'll keep coming back and spending the money in the future. I mean, one of the things that Mal said yesterday was getting the player commitment, and I think uh, that's something the Community Trust do really well, but I think the new owners are committed now uh, particularly to getting the players involved, because what does a five-year-old or a six-year-old or a seven-year-old want to see? You know, they don't. They don't. Sorry, Tom, but they don't want to see Tom turning up in his wigged shirt. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> they want to see the players turning up, and that will make them, you know, come to the match on a Saturday. So that's the sort of commitment that we need from the new owners, I think. And I, I'm hoping Tom's nodding at that. <laughs> we, yeah, Tom wants to say something on that. <laughs> yeah, um, just, just firstly, I, I don't go to schools wearing Wigan shirts to put young kids <laughs> off. So that, that's that's okay. Um, but yeah, um, 
getting players out to, to schools and events is, is, is hugely important. Um, and just to comment on uh, some of the young lads from the academy who've been playing amazingly f- great football all season, but uh, they've just been just as good off the pitch with us. Um, they did, we did a watch-along event recently uh, for the uh, Plymouth game. Uh, fortunately, it was a positive result, but they sat there for a couple of hours with some young people and watched the game with them, and, and that was just brilliant. So, um, yeah, more things like that can, can only help, I think, uh, with young supporters. Caroline, uh, we had a chat with Mal Brannigan yesterday, didn't we? I think it's all right to declare that. I got a, a really good feeling from him. He's a down-to-earth guy. He spoke with a lot of sense, and he was talking about a big task, but he's relishing the challenge, and he knows exactly what they've let themselves in for. What did you make of him? Yeah, he makes a good cappuccino as well, Barry, doesn't he? He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, um, I think... He's realistic, and I've said that word before quite a lot. You know, he, he talked, didn't he, that uh, we don't know what league we're going to be in, uh, and that didn't make a difference to what their plans were going to be, and that sort of was very reassuring because I think the previous, you know, not to be disparaging, I'm going to be quite politically correct here, but I think they thought genuinely by throwing money at it, we would automatically be in the Premier League within two years. Um, whereas I think this team are thinking that the strategy has to be much wider than just throwing money at it, you know, and they have to have expertise and they have to have a longer term plan. Um, and that's, I do see that. I do see that, um, you know, they're quite pragmatic about what's going to happen in the next few months and years. And it's years. He said that, didn't he? He said, you know, it's years of a plan. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like I said, I think uh, I think it's as well as the stabilised thing. It's about being sensible as well, you know. And I think the, he said, didn't he, that he wanted to get to know the club. He wanted to, uh, you know, find out what's what before he starts to change things, make decisions. And I think, like I said, that's really sensible way forward rather than coming in and just trying to, you know, um, get promoted immediately or whatever. Uh, I think the first priority is is trying to stay up. And if we can do that, which I still think we can, you know, tonight was really disappointing. I know you're going to talk about that in a little bit, but, um, we, you know, we should have we should have come out with more than a, nothing tonight. We should have come out with three points, really. Uh, we did all but score, didn't we? Um, and so I think we can still stay up, and that would be a huge bonus um, but I don't think it matters to them. I think they still, you know, they've still got those plans, and I still, I think, I still think that they'll be as enthusiastic about getting us back up as they would about trying to get us up to the championship. Mm-hmm. And he uh, never mentioned the other guys yesterday, did he? Really, he never mentioned uh, Tom Markham or Ollie. Got one. Not, not to me anyway. Are you aware if they're going to be working at the club or are they going to be working remotely? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both, really, as far as I'm aware. Um, I haven't spoken to either Oliver or Tom. I have spoken to Talal, but only in the last 48 hours. Um, and like I said, he, he has the makings of a cult hero in Wigan, hasn't he, at the moment? Um, and potentially, I mean, it could be it could be great for the fans and, and, and like the younger fans, you know, it could be great. Um, but the, the other two gentlemen, 
I think we'll just have to watch this space. And, and I think COVID is part of it as well. Um, obviously, the stadium's not fully open, so there's very few people actually working there at the moment. But as things start to open up, I think hopefully we'll see the stadium come alive again. Uh, and they'll start to recruit as well, I think. That's the plan. They'll need to recruit people, I think, um, you know, to get the ticket office going and things like that. Uh, can I ask you something when I ask Tom? When we look back over, you know, the past the past 10 months, and there's a lot of things happened, a lot of things to be depressed about, but tell me something that you're really proud about that that's happened, something you're, yourself, Caroline, is proud proud of. Oh, my goodness. Um I, the the night I think I've said this before and I'm going to get emotional now, but the night that we hit the half a million pound, I will never forget that night. And I I have to say I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I did, so when I say I'm really proud, I was proud of all of those people that were doing it. All the fans, you guys, you know, Adam, Ash, Nick Taylor. I just I, I was sat at home in my office, watching the numbers go up uh, and everybody was WhatsApping and tweeting and everybody, you know, and then I got a phone call and I think it happened at one minute past midnight, which was really weird. I got a phone call saying, we've done it, we've done it. Or I phoned someone, we've done it, we've done it. And uh, that was half a million on the second crowdfunder. And I just was so emotional. I'll never, I'll just never forget that moment. And all of those people, that made that happen. It was just, it was just like an incredible moment. I know it sounds really cliche, but it was, no, it, and yeah. I didn't do anything. I just sat at home watching it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was, it was a fantastic achievement. That and, it, and you know, you being a, like the head of the supporters trust, so to speak, it is something to be very proud of. And it was a fantastic achievement. You know, it doesn't matter that we, we don't need to use it because we actually have used it. I know that sounds, you know, throughout this time, having that having that amount of money means that we've always had a safety net, but also we've also had a certain amount of governance over this pro these processes, where we've been able to have a fans sort of input and insight into what's gone on through administration. So we can't thank the fans enough for raising that money for you know for for giving us the voice throughout this process. So it's, it's not that it's not been used. It absolutely has. And it's a huge bonus now that we're able to give it back. Brilliant. Si? We all, Paul said it earlier on, we all extend our thanks to the work of yourself and the team behind you, but also the fans and everyone that's uh, put up with, with us talking about <laughs> it week in, week out. But there's a lot of people who will go, uh, missed what isn't there who will you know be forgotten about and um, when people are saying thank you but without everyone pulling together we wouldn't be in the situation we are now where we could watch a game tonight for the first time this season and go okay we didn't get what we deserved but we know that the club is stable the future the future is there what's what the new owners are saying very very positive um, and that their actions will speak louder than words. It's great to hear that the community, trust, the supporters club, the academy are all integral to those building blocks because I think without them, I don't think you can have success because it's, it's what makes Wigan as a place great to be in, isn't it? Right, well, Caroline and Tom, it's been fantastic having you in. It's been nice to have a podcast uh, for once where we can actually 
be really upbeat and, and buzzing about the future. So um, thank you to you both. Keep up the uh, great work. And we'll hopefully all see each other down at the DW some point soon. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks for inviting us on. Take care. No problem. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Caroline. Thank you. Bye. Right then. Let's nosedive into the Gillingham game. We'll just have a quick run over this one, guys. What do you think? Nothing really much to say. Far the better team. Come away with nothing. Simple as that, really, isn't it? That that would suffice in the W uh, the Wigan Evening Post, I think, tomorrow because that is exactly how it went, um, and the stats say that as well. We had six percent of the possession. We had thirteen shots on target. Uh, shots, obviously, that was more shots. Only the three on target. And that's a telling sign. So ten of those shots off target. Quite a few over the bar, wasn't there today? Corners pretty matched. We committed more fouls, but the score: Gillingham one, Wigan Athletic nil. Not really the score that I think was deserved. Paul, you, you summed it up then. Barry, what's your take on, on today, uh, the game? I thought it was Latics against a pub team. They, they acted like a pub team. They played like a pub team. The manager looked like he just rolled out the pub. They were falling about all over the place, trying to get bookings, free kicks, sending offs. The, the two dirtiest challenges of the game came from two England players. Just one got booked. There's no way will they get promoted this season. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. They're absolutely awful. Uh, and I hope Blackpool stuff them on Monday. I really do. I hope they get four or five against them. They're awful. They're, they're, they're one of the worst teams I've seen this season. Adam, Barry, Barry just said it there, and it's, it's, the, it's the leading point. We they, are, they were a very, very poor team. It's frustrating, isn't it? That bit of clinical finishing, and we could have had a hat full. Do you, do you think that yesterday's announcement may have put a bit of pressure on the lads or was it just not our day at the office today? No, I don't. I, I, the opposite, I think, really. I think we we put in one of our better performances of the season because, like Barry said, we were playing a pub team. What the pub teams do, they kick you, uh, they elbow you, they, they, they sly. Uh, they've got a horrible manager who obviously stinks as well. You know, I can just tell he stinks just from this distance. He's, he's just awful. You know, he... he he can't articulate his points well. He's just constantly shouting at the fourth official. Shows no respect for the match officials, and you know he's just the sort of person that I would never want to go out for a pint with. Uh, and he produces that team. That said, we had to stand up to that in the first fifteen minutes. That horrible lumping the ball onto the moon and down again, and we stood up to it. We actually stood up to it, and then earned the right to play. Which and we did play. We played some really good football tonight. I thought we, you know, I thought we our build up was very good. Uh, we exploited the spaces well. In, in the remaining eight games, we just can't afford to miss those the type of chances that we were getting. All in all, I think we've got to take the positives out of that game and move forward and actually kind of say, well, we can put in a decent performance against, yeah, albeit a pub team, but they are a side who are seventh or eighth in the league. So, and we've put in a good performance against them. Just got to keep playing. Richardson all set to them tonight. You played well. Keep it going. We've got a nice little break now until the next game. And, and that says it all about this season. Five days is classed as a nice little break. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not getting too downbeat about tonight. Um, and I still think we can stay up. Paul, I'm going to come to you. We've now played 38 games. We're on 35 points in 22nd. 
Uh, there's only Rochdale below us who've played less. They've played 36 and they're on 32 points. Well, then above us, we've got Wimbledon. They're, they're our side of the dotted line. They've played 36 games and got 36 points, so they're a point better off than us. Above them is Northampton on 38 with uh, 38 games, 36 points. And then Swindon, 37, 37. It's frustrating, isn't it, that the three points weren't gained because it would have been a massive, massive leap and a, puts the pressure on the opposite sides around us. You said something about goals a couple of weeks ago. Our, our goal difference is worse off than all those teams above us. Um, at the at the lowest three three goals and at the most five goals, are you starting to worry that goal difference could come into it? How, given how tight it is around there now, yeah, I think you always have to. I mean, at the time when I said goals, we were scoring goals and, and conceding them as well, and we seem to have dried up a bit at both ends, which you know we would snag some points off the back of being a bit tighter at the back. But I, I, I mean, top and bottom, I mean, we are. With one game, we could overtake three sides, couldn't we? So I know we're in there in with a shout, and I think the 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 boost that we've got from the deal finally going through, it's just got to carry us over the line, hasn't it? Get us over the line, and then see just see what happens next season. Well, that's it. I mean, there's some crucial games on Good Friday. Northampton host Shrewsbury. Um, Swindon are at home to Blackpool. Portsmouth are at home to Rochdale. There's, there's, there's some games in and around us that you think that teams who are around us might not pick up the wins. But then it does turn to, I think Monday's going to be the crucial games. And I know that, Adam and Barry, you're going to be in the studio, aren't you, on Saturday, previewing the Portsmouth game so that we don't keep people on too long. It's going to be a, a nerve gang. Um, Couple of days, Good Friday and Easter Monday. I'm looking forward to your review of the results from Good Friday. Is there anything that stands out there for you, Barry? Really, with the Good Friday results uh, fixtures? Well, I don't know the results yet because I've got a crystal ball. But <laughs> oh, oh, <here> we go. <laughs> but there are there are some some tasty games, you know, waiting to happen. Yeah, Bristol Rovers are at Ipswich, so we hope Kuke, you know, does us a favour there. Uh, Wimbledon are at Plymouth. That's a uh, and our game for them. Rochdale at Portsmouth. When they're at home to Blackpool, Blackpool are chasing that playoff place and they're in great form at the moment. It could all be as you were come Saturday when me and Adam take the chairs. I'd like to finish by saying that it, it's been a long, long period these last nine, ten months, but the Phoenix will rise again through progress with unity. And on that note, it's a good night from me. All right, come on. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks.